I'm Alisa. I'm Jess. And I'm EJ. And we're we're social social disease. disease. Wow, we're so cool. That we're getting we're getting good. Yeah. We're getting so good. good. (laughs) I'm so proud of us. Oh yeah. Well, this episode was a doozy. Yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness. Uh, Spenner needs to calm down. Yeah, serious. So today we're talking about weird science. <laughs> it is season two, episode five. Ooh, pardon me. Um, was originally aired in Canada on October 20th, 2002. U.S. November 11th, 2002. And so the song that it's named after, we can all probably, we all probably know it's named after the song Weird Science by Oingo Boingo, which was from (laughs) the movie Weird Science in 1985, which also happens to be one of my all-time favorite movies. Hell yeah. And I only have two fun facts this time. Um, which is more than last week, because I think last week there's only one. But um, Joey and Craig are credited in the opening credits, but neither of them actually appeared in the episode. Oh. And then the other fact was um, when it first aired in the U.S., the censors edited out um, Spinner's actual boner. <laughs> I oh, wow. <laughs> Yeah, so we couldn't see it. They just, like, they edited out that whole little section where he turns around. So, like, I never saw that until, like, I watched it on YouTube, like, just a few years ago. Poor Spinner. <laughs> and his Honestly, even though this is one of the most, like, I don't know, graphic, I guess, things that happens, it's also, like, one of the most realistic yeah, this this kind of reminded me more of like it kind of went back to season one with like stuff that teenagers actually deal with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought <laughs> I felt like it was a it was a very realistic problem to like have a boner in class that won't go down. Uh, you awful. know, I never had uh, any boys share this problem with me and like my brother never shared how this problem was a problem so like I had no idea that it was like this big of an issue I totally thought you were gonna say I never had any boners in class (laughs) well I didn't I did not (laughs) neither did I yeah same wow same (laughs) it was it's it's a very foreign thing to me to think like wow what a problem yeah, I was only aware of this uh, because I was really into anime when I was at that formative age, and anime in the Did this kind of thing happened a lot in anime. Yeah, anime in the nineties was um, was pretty perverse in a lot of ways. Like it was like there were a lot of things that like would have been questionable to an American audience. Um, they're they're a little bit better about it now. It's a little bit less ham fisted, but. Um, Boy, there was some stuff that I would be like watching an anime. My mom would come into the room and be like, "What the fuck are you watching?" <laughs> <laughs> so that was the one storyline, and then the other one, which was the A story, was Emma's science fair. And well, 
Emma and Liberty competing against each other in the science fair, shall we say? <laughs> I love. Yeah. That oh my I god. I love the storyline a lot. I thought it was, it was good because it gave Emma a chance to like step outside of her box. Her like very structured science project suddenly became, you know, like there were variables that she didn't consider and. Like, the way that my theory is her brain works is very, like, black and white. So I liked it for her. Like, she had to she had to figure out, like, the way to, I don't know, fix her hypothesis so that the, so that the results worked out. Which, like, I don't know if you're actually supposed to do in science, but. Yeah, I think that that's, like, a no-no in science. Yeah, she, she basically was just, like, um, I decided I have a different hypothesis after the uh, actual experiment has taken place, <laughs> which is not how that works. You could be, like, the conclusion that I came to is this, and it turns out that my hypothesis is wrong, but this is another thing that I did discover having done this, but she she just, like, was, like, no, I never thought that. <laughs> I just changed the title and it's in Papyrus font and this is the height of scientific investigation. Hey man, <laughs> Papyrus font is not as bad. You're a font snob. A little Oh bit, my god, yeah. no Papyrus <laughs> font is truly terrible. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not defending uh, myself because I have a tattoo in Papyrus font. Shut up. Do you? Oh, I didn't know that. Oh my yeah, god. Yeah, I so do. Sorry. What is it? <laughs> it's the one on my neck. Oh, the the sweet, lovely kiss one. Yeah, I like papyrus. That's okay. <laughs> We're all just like backpedaling. <laughs> no, it's no, it's okay. I know that like font snobs are a thing, and you're entitled to your own opinion i suppose <laughs> i suppose i mean it's no chiller don't worry it's no what oh chiller <laughs> no oh. i just i really liked papyrus like in school when i got this tattoo and now i recognize that like papyrus is hated by a lot of people so i'm trying to navigate that i guess in my I in my mean, adult life dude that's what happens when you're really cool and you get a bunch of tattoos before you go to college I know. Oh, no, I got them in college. You got them in college? Yeah. I could have sworn when I met you, you had tattoos. When you met me, I probably had one tattoo. That's wild. Because you yeah. have so many fucking tattoos. I know. <laughs> I know. When you met me, well, when you met me, I was a freshman. So I had probably only just gotten the one because I didn't get any tattoos until after moving to college. Wow. I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. Yep. Huh. I also had not drank or smoked weed um, at all before going oh, to college. That's cute, because you were like the I know, biggest right? plothead I knew in college. That's I know. That's straight well, up the truth. <laughs> yeah, that's actually, you're right. My my dealer probably was. Oh, yeah. I, I found all of the big potheads, and then I dated them, and then was mad at them for being potheads. So, there you go. You didn't date me. I didn't date you. That's true. You should have dated me. I'm fun to date. I didn't realize I was gay till I was 26, so... Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. Um, there you go. There you go. Are you, like, so, solidly gay now? That's new information. I love this information. No, I'm not. No. No, I wouldn't say so. Um, uh-huh. I don't know. I, 
bi is probably the most accurate, but I'm also not interested in having sex with anybody. So there you go. I mean, asexual, bi-romantic? Yeah, that's that's the label that I've more or less stumbled into, but I don't, I don't know. It doesn't or seem quite right, but it's whatever. It's not a priority. My therapist is like, so, have you tried to date anyone? And I'm like, Jesus Christ, Marianne, there's a pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> That, I kind of hate that. I kind of hate that, like everybody's go-to, and not not necessarily therapist specifically, but I kind of hate that everybody's go-to in general when you're unhappy is like, are you dating anybody, or like, are you putting are you putting yourself out there? Like, no, no, I'm depressed. I've been wearing the same pajama pants for eight days. No, I'm not putting myself out there. Oh wow, I feel called out because I'm sitting Still here in the- my Dungeons and Dragons pajama pants that I've been wearing for eight days. <laughs> it's like come on fill the empty hole with sex yeah my therapist uh, it's just like it's something that I mentioned when I started therapy I was like I would like to explore this aspect of my psyche and so every once in a while she dips back into it she's like so do you want to talk about the dating thing and I'm like absolutely not no I do not like still not the time Marianne not the time but uh back to weird science I and and Emma's changing hypothesis I really appreciate I think one of the reasons I like this episode so much is because it's very well written um as far as the sequence of the story um like the a plot anyway the b plot is you know shenanigans (laughs) (laughs) Um, like I really like how um it just really neatly ties in uh, Emma's two conflicts, which are that she's not happy with the situation at home with Snake dating her mom, and she's also at a loss with this um, the science fair project. But the two things together end up being the thing that, uh, like, a saves her science fair project, and B makes her realize that she needs to accept Snake as her mom's boyfriend, and that she actually like wants him to be in her life in that capacity because there's the scene in the kitchen where she's being a bitch and snake is like trying to help her and he's like well why don't you explore this a little bit more uh creatively like why don't you look into this in you know with a sense of imagination and she's just like hey fuck you snake but then she does yeah doesn't she say something like doesn't she say something like science isn't isn't creative or science isn't you're not supposed to use your imagination in science or something. No, she's she's like way more dismissive than that. She's just like, thanks, I'll do that. Oh. <laughs> but um, I I I think that's yeah, that's why I like this episode so much is because it's it's been it's written very neatly. Yeah. And uh, in that I just I really enjoyed that moment, and I thought that Snake was terrific in this episode. Um. Stefan Bergeron's acting, especially in the scene where Emma's like going off on him in the classroom. Mm-hmm. I wanted to bring that up too. Coming in. Oh, it's so good. He's and she he just like shouts at her because he's getting so frustrated. <laughs> but he he shouts at her good things, which is just like he's 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 such a typical like good guy. And he's and sorry, my dogs are in here making as, as much noise as possible. Get out. <laughs> but uh 
yeah, he's he's such a good dude. He's just like he's like, why can't you see how amazing you are? And like, that's <laughs> and like, he takes such offense when she says something about guys like you dating single moms. Did you see his face when he when she says that? Yeah, he's I so just know. like. I wasn't sure what she was implying by that, honestly. Like, yeah. what kind of a guy does she think that Snake is? I guess, like, the type that tries to be buddy-buddy with the kids and, like... I mean, he's a middle school teacher, of course. But, yeah. Because <laughs> um, there really is nothing... There's nothing shady about Snake at all. No, not even a little bit. He's, like, a big dork. I uh, When I was watching this as a kid, I remember being annoyed for Emma because uh, Spike wasn't stepping in to kind of curate their relationship and kind of like help like them get used to each other but as an adult watching this I'm like no that's she did exactly what she was supposed to do they have to work this out on their own their relationship has to kind of like come into itself organically and Spike sitting back and just being like you guys work it out is exactly what she needed to be doing Right, especially because Emma and Snake have a relationship outside of the home. Yes. If they if they didn't, then I would want Spike to kind of step in a little bit more. But since he's also Emma's teacher and like they interact one-on-one all the time, it is better for for her to just step back and let them like work it out themselves. Yeah, and I feel like if she did get involved, Emma would have hated it even more. She would have been like, oh, yeah, you're telling me what to do? Well, I'm going to do the opposite because I'm a kid. (laughs) And she, Emma's just like, she is very contrary, just kind of like, it's it's kind of part of of her, like, you know, Xena warrior princess (laughs) fighter kind of deal where um, she's... She very much, like, gives that I'm oppressed kind of vibe. <laughs> yeah. Um, with everything that she's doing. So, yeah. I she does. Right. I, don't, and I don't think she would have she would have gotten to that at all. That kills me because I love Emma, even though she is like this. I think that's fair. I, I love Emma, too. Um, I love Emma like I would love a sibling who behaves like Emma. <laughs> um, <laughs> but... She's, I don't know, she's, she's, she's got her problematic things, but she's not, like, I like characters who are full-on toxic, irredeemable shit, so <laughs> she's, she's not quite awful enough for me to be one of my favorites. She's just very naive, I think, still. Yeah, yeah definitely, at this age, especially. If anything happens outside of her little bubble, like, she doesn't know how to handle it. That's why she's having such a hard time with Snake dating her mom. And that speaks to, like, your theory of her being autistic, because it's very much, like, outside of her, um, like, the the normal kind of, like, scheduled shit that goes on in her life. It's, you know, it's thrown a monkey wrench into the usual things that she comes to expect, and it's changed her, her dynamic with people, and she doesn't really know how to navigate that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely change is not her favorite. Oh, poor Emma. We got more Manny in this episode. Yay, more Manny. Manny got in trouble. <laughs> I love that. That was so funny. This shit would never fly in 
my high school slash middle school, like just being able to wantonly IM each other during a lecture, like that would never happen. <laughs> they do it a lot. Have you noticed that like it's part, it's a big part of like several plot lines being able to IM like during class. And there's always the situation where someone mistakenly IMs the entire media emergent class. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that happens like a couple of times. Yeah, it happens more than once for sure. <laughs> Uh, I, the, my big takeaway from that scene was that I really wish that I had had a media immersion class in school. Cause just like hearing Snake talk about motherboards, I was like, I want to learn about motherboards. But specifically from Snake, probably. Oh yeah. I'm like, (laughs) I mean, that would certainly help me stay engaged with the material. One of these days I'm going to have like a million dollars and I'm going to get you a cameo of Stefan Brogren just talking about oh. nothing or talking uh, about talking about uh, tech stuff, media immersion stuff. Is he on cameo? I bet he is. I would not be surprised, but I don't know. <laughs> if he isn't, but that's an untapped market that he If he is not, I'm just going to reach out to him personally on Twitter and be like, hey. We have a Degrassi podcast, and my friend EJ won't shut up about how in love with <laughs> Would you mind recording a video telling her you love her or something? <laughs> or talking about motherboards? Oh, speaking of snake, I don't have any snake tweets today, but I did want to... Sh- share this piece of Stefan Bergen related information which is that he and his very adorable wife adopted a rescue Pomeranian and the Pomeranian's name is Robocop oh Oh my my god God. (laughs) I mean of course its name is Robocop what else would it be I don't know but you know that I really every time I see stuff like that I'm just like ah yes I have picked the correct one to stand yeah, you have. That really is just a beautiful piece of information. But could you like imagine him just yelling like Robocop? <laughs> Robocop, heal. And you're expecting this like big behemoth of a dog, and it's just like a little gray Pomeranian. <laughs> That's all I want. Do they have any kids or it's just them and the tiny, tiny Robocop dog? I don't think they have any kids, or if they do, they don't talk about them on social media. That's cool. Child-free. Child-free life is the way to be. <laughs> oh, yeah. He has nothing except his Degrassi career and his Pomeranian yeah. name. His very Cop. extensive, almost 40-year-old Degrassi career. <laughs> I just, I love that he he got a job when he was 13 and that just turned out to be his job forever. That's the fucking dream, man. It is. I wish I had been able to do that. Right. Not necessarily with acting, but like with anything. I kind of wish I had like tried to, I don't know. I was really bad at writing when I was younger, though. Aw. I was about to say. You're not now. uh, That remains to be seen. I still am not published, so. (laughs) You're a great. I'm an expert, so. (laughs) I have to talk to you about my nonfiction thing I sent you, too. Yeah, I haven't gotten a chance to tuck into it because of some interesting writing things I am doing with my (gasps) life and time right now. Yay! Are you allowed to talk about them? I cannot. um, Not really. But I can tell you that I am am writing 
some episodic screenplays. Hell yes. That's awesome. Which is great because I'm in the mindset to talk about episodic TV and here we are with our episodic television podcast. There you go. (laughs) Well, that's exciting. I can't wait until you can talk about it more. Yeah, me too. Um, I want to talk about Spinner's Boner. Situation. Oh my god. Who oh doesn't want to talk about Spinner's <laughs> Boner? Apparently Jimmy. <laughs> so the more okay, so on this rewatch, I'm noticing that Spinner and Jimmy really don't seem to like each other that much. Yeah, they are very uh bad friends. Okay, so that's kind of funny. Cause I, I got the exact opposite feeling from this. I think but that's because my my best friend and I are, we had that kind of contentious relationship where we kind of like faux hated each other for a long time. And it's, uh, so I, I get it. I think it's just, and also Spinner's such a dweeb. Like I completely understand Jimmy just being exasperated with him a hundred percent of the time. I guess, but I don't know. Like, I feel like if you're that exasperated with somebody all the time, like why would you still be friends with them? I don't know. They've known each other, like, their whole lives. Yeah, the eighth, well, I guess they're ninth graders now, but the older set, they all seem to just be, like, friends out of convenience with each other. Like, no one actually really likes each other. That's true. Except we're about to get into Ashley and Ellie territory, and they... they (gasps) Yes! Well, they haven't known each other forever. They just met. Yes. Um, And I think that's that's kind of a really interesting observation, um, because that's kind of what getting into high school is isn't it like you have your same set of friends you've had since childhood assuming you haven't like moved and once you start kind of developing your personality and kind of figuring out the person that you actually are beyond the scope of like who you were growing up that's when you kind of meet more people and branch out a little bit and I think we we see that a lot with the the ninth graders going forward um and yeah, that's just, true. Especially as they start adding more characters. Yeah, and Ashley Ellie's kind of the first indication of this. Also, I love how everybody is thirsting after Ellie. She what was looking especially that? cute in this episode, to She's be very fair. Very adorable with her yeah. her very ornamental guitar. <laughs> she <laughs> she plays it a little. Like not in this episode, but like she does play it a little. I don't think she touches it until like what? season three (laughs) yeah maybe season three that's when yeah oh man that's a good that's a good series of episodes anyway (laughs) (laughs) so we got to see a little bit more of of goth ellie what did you think of 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 ellie elisa oh my god i love her style i think her attitude is great i cannot wait to see more of her (laughs) she's so good i'm so glad there's there finally goth representation Yes. Oh, my God. And I love how she's friends with Ashley. Yes. And I like how they kind of became friends more or less off screen. Yeah. I thought that was kind of cute. Because, um, which tells me a lot about the kind of person that Ellie is. Because, like, here's Ashley, who's just been ostracized by her friend group. And then Ellie, who is also, like, noticeably. She doesn't really have any friends. Yeah, she's noticeably alone all the time. Like, she, I, I assume that. It seems to me that Ellie would have been the one to kind of instigate that relationship. But that's, I mean, that's all, you know. She kind of was 
um, if you take the last episode as any indication, because she she kept being the one that would start talking to Ashley. Yeah, that's true. She like after liked. after Ashley and Jimmy had their last like interaction, Ellie kind of was just sitting there like that went well. Like, <laughs> oh Ellie, she's so sweet. She's just like, hello, I'm here to be. Uh, I'm here to comment on your social situation. Let's go hang out at the dot. <laughs> I'm here to be check smudge riding on hand. A fiend. <laughs> A fiend? A friend? Oh, friend. A friend. Yes. <laughs> All I know how to do is carry this guitar around. <laughs> but um, yeah, she, her, her character development's really good, too. I really love, like, Ellie's entire storyline. Too. Do, okay, so did anybody think it was kind of weird that Emma's last interaction with Spinner was him being a bully in season one. And in this episode, she just, I guess, asked him to participate in the science fair project. And he was like, okay. Yeah, it seemed like she had a bunch of like eighth and ninth graders participating. So maybe it was just sort of like she felt like she needed a good cross section. So she asked like that whole spinner page ashley group to help out yeah because i felt like when you saw the pictures on the board i thought i like saw hazel was on it hazel was on it too i didn't notice that yeah and elisa did you say you saw ashley on it yeah i thought i saw ashley on it i want to go so... back to mind and just see exactly who who because <laughs> uh JT said something about like I was only doing this for the free food I thought about that for like far longer than I should have I was just like man how much free food did Emma provide for all of these other students <laughs> and well, how did afford it how did Spike afford it that's know. a good point how did Spike afford it on a on a hairdresser's um income but, explain Stefan Brogren I guess it was breakfast every school day for a week that's kind of what I unapproved. Like when what you I saw- gathered from it. Yeah. Lots of fruit. Something like that. Because I don't know, because it was like a two week thing. Because she had Manny. Oh, it was eating- two weeks. Yeah, she had Manny eating junk food the first week. Because you see them in the first scene with Manny exercising. And also, Emma has a blender in front of the school that is plugged into question mark. um but we see that and she says that you you did however much or however many more or however faster than last week when you were eating junk (laughs) so i i guess it was like a two-week thing oh yeah yeah i'm curious about about the the execution of this science fair project also poor liberty (laughs) Yes, we need Liberty works so hard. (laughs) She works so hard, but she is just, just, she's like terminally boring as a person. (laughs) I was just about to say that. She was just, her project was so boring. Poor Liberty. But I think my, this had my, my favorite like moment where after the, 
uh, instant message went out and everybody was like, oh shit, Spike and Snake are dating. <laughs> it cut, it pans to Liberty and she's like got her fingers steepled in front of her face and she's kind of like rolling her fingertips on each other like a Disney villain and it's the best thing I've ever seen. <laughs> she's a real pain in the ass this episode. She really is, but I, I kind of like that about her um, because she, I mean, Liberty, Liberty takes what she wants, man. Like, I dig that about her. She's just like, well, this isn't fair, and this is why this isn't fair, and I expect you to do something about it. And, like, she's being, like, pretty manipulative, which I kind of like, and in, in, <laughs> it's, like, a very strange place for her character to go, but she, it. I think it speaks to just like how intensely motivated she is. She is, she sees no problem with basically manipulating Emma's emotions to make her give the uh, award back. Yeah. And like, what is even like, why is everybody so up in arms about this fucking science award? Like I we've never, we've never heard about it before. We'll never hear about it again. There, I don't think there's even a science fair again that we see on on camera. So, like, all of a sudden, this is just like the thing. This episode that everybody's like, I have to have it. I mean, that's basically how Degrassi works. I know. <laughs> it's like when they had um, a a girls' field hockey team for eight minutes. Oh yeah, <laughs> for like one episode, and then never again. Yep. <laughs> exactly that. Um, and Liberty wore a cape. We haven't gotten to that yet, so we're going to have to... A cape. Yeah, she wears a cape. It's great. <laughs> I love this show. <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, let's see. What else? What else can we talk about about this episode? Yeah, what what else is there before we do the it goes there moment? Um, I really liked uh, Jimmy and Spinner reaching out to uh, Calf Lady Sheila that's yes I was like what is happening (laughs) and she gave some excellent advice she really did I mean she was a little TMI for a minute there but I was like Sheila's fucking cool she's down to earth like I wish we saw more of Sheila me too we we get to see her a little bit more later but like not not in a a major character capacity in any in any way but she remains one of those like the the brief glimpses of adults that we see in this show who I just like love. Also, Miss mm-hmm. Kwan was a bitch in this episode. <laughs> um, Jimmy and Spinner were like going to class, and Miss Kwan literally. Oh says yeah. To them, she's like, "Could you guys walk any slower?" Like, just. <laughs> she's just had down. enough. She just has had enough. Yeah. Like Miss Kwan starts takes her, no shit. She starts her day have ha- having had enough. And I think, yeah, that's that's a good place to start. But yeah, we haven't even talked about the 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 improv class thing yet. Well, one of the few things that they do keep con- like continuity with the entire time is Miss Kwan teaching theater as well as English, which I appreciate. Yes. But yeah, I I don't know. I feel like we should let Elisa go first on this. Well, um, I think we talked about a little about how Miss um, Kwan really should have stepped in on this porn scenario. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so good. 
It's just like this completely inappropriate scenario the class suggests. Oh, it's a totally and- textbook. It's a textbook like, um, you know, it's the, it's the first five minutes of any porn movie. Yeah, and then they start acting it, and Paige is taking it in that direction. And Miss Kwan's just like, yes, children, go for it. <laughs> yeah, you guys are 14. This is fine. This is completely appropriate. I mean, Miss Kwan kind of has a history of doing this kind of shit, though. <laughs> like, her acting classes get real at points. They and, do. And, uh, like... I don't know if she's just like letting them do what they got to do for the sake of art or whatever, but uh, it is extremely strange. Um, especially like her, her grabbing spinner and forcibly turning him around was very strange to me. Cause I was like, clearly something is wrong with him. Like, yeah. clearly, like I would be like, when? Hey, are you going to throw up? Like what's the matter? But instead she's just like, turn and face the class. If you are projectile vomiting or whatever, or whatever's wrong with you yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah um really inappropriate just inappropriate teaching yeah that's we kind of run into that a lot at Degrassi there's a lot of of teachers like casually manhandling students in a way that's like you cannot as a teacher you cannot touch your students you just can't really in any way (laughs) Yeah. So, I was just like, what is she doing? Like, what? It's a whole different, like, generation then, too, because this was 2001, 2002. Like, I feel like that was, it was still coming off of the 90s where it was okay to touch your students. Mm-hmm. That's true. Or, like, if not okay, okay, like, nobody would report it. Yeah, <laughs> it wouldn't, yeah, you wouldn't immediately. But they had a whole episode about that. I know they did like they saw you know uh we we saw Armstrong touching Liberty's shoulder briefly and everyone assumed that they were fucking and then in this this episode actually JT spills a bunch of shit on Miss Hatsalakos and he's like reaching out and brushing stuff off of her shoulder and like her her the front of her lab coat and he's looking at Toby like haha um, that was awful. So disgusting. Yeah, like so the the double standard is significant. <laughs> um also what the fuck was Toby's project? He was just dressing up as a robot for science. Yep, yep. for science. Oh, I thought that was Manny's. Was it Manny? I don't know. But Toby Toby, Toby had Toby had his own project, but then Manny was dressing him up in a robot costume. So I think, I think Manny's was the robot, and he was just helping her. I was. I'm. I'm curious to know what what her experiment was. <laughs> yeah. I would not be surprised if Manny didn't have an experiment, and she just wanted to dress someone up like a robot. Oh, I love it. <laughs> like that seems like a Manny thing to do at the science fair. Yeah, young yeah. Manny is kind of a ditz like that. Just... <laughs> just like, I don't have an idea, but like, if I dress somebody up like a robot, it'll look like I'm doing something. That's, that's yeah, that's a good point. And like, she's good at, she's good at costuming, so. <laughs> oh, Manuela. Sweet, adorable Manuela. Manuela Santos. I'm so ready for 
the real season drama. Three. I know. Even later this season, shit gets interesting. Oh yeah. Ooh. Yes. Um, I'm so happy we're doing this podcast, you guys. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be completely fair, I would be rewatching Degrassi regularly on my own anyway, but it's nice to have somebody to talk to you about it. Oh, same. Yeah, this makes it so much more enjoyable. And we have all of our listeners enjoying it with us. All 12 of them, if all, that. Yeah, all 7 to 12 of them. Yeah. Hey, 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 on the last episode, we got 17 listens. Oh, Woo-hoo. damn. We are building up. A We're fun. moving up in the world. Yeah, moving yeah. on up. To the east side. <laughs> so what was your it goes there moment? I gotta know. Oh my god, the boner. Like it, when Miss Kwan <laughs> just forced this boy to turn around and show his boner to everybody. That was my it goes there moment. For sure. Well, so, so the funny awful. thing about that particular moment was, like I said at the beginning, they they edited that out of like the U.S. Um, episode when it when they showed it down here, and so I never saw that until I was rewatching Degrassi like a few years ago. I never saw the boner scene, and did it horrify you just like it horrified me? Well, when I was watching it on YouTube. I I was like, how do I not remember this? Like, I feel like I definitely wouldn't have remembered this. I was like, there is just a full-on boner. Like, it's not, there's no, there's no, like, masking it or anything. He's wearing track pants and, like, that's his dick. Like. <laughs> God, that, that was my favorite part. Because, like, I haven't watched this episode in a while. Um, probably a couple of years. And then. I was watching it and I was I saw the boner part and I was just like, oh god! And he's wearing gray track pants, the worst possible thing you could ever wear. And then Jeez. Paige, who is just the personification of my psyche, was like, and that's why you don't wear track pants. And I was like, bitch, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why Paige is my favorite character because she just says my inner monologue. Well, he's great. She's great this season. She was horrible the first season. She was pretty bad the first season. Yeah, she really I'm hasn't still, done a whole lot this season. She's still, like, growing on me. I don't know very... Uh, I don't know if I if I like Paige still. That's fair. I mean, there's no accounting for taste. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like you, you've got to either be a team Paige or a team Emma. You can't be both. Really? You feel like that? I think so. I think I feel like that. <laughs> I don't know. That's complicated. I, That's complicated. I feel like I like them both. Well, you can't. No. <laughs> they're, they're just so they're so different. Um, they're like not even not even really comparable, but I kind of get it. Like it 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 just kind of speaks to like which what kind of story and which kind of story heroine you kind of um, resonate more with. Yeah. Um, which, yeah. So I, I guess that makes sense. Um, they're they're extremely different character archetypes. Um, but so yeah, Jess, what was your ghost there moment, my dude? So I'm pretty sure it was when Jimmy and Spinner were talking to Sheila. Like nothing really happened, but like I just I really appreciated her like realness with them. Yeah, I did too. 
And I liked it. I liked that they were just like, hey, safe adult, we have a problem. And then she gave them like a straightforward answer. Yeah. I do like that about Degrassi. It seems like all of the students are very comfortable talking to really any adult that works there. Yeah. Um, Which is like, I can't relate. Like I've never, I've never felt like that with my teachers and my, you know, administration and stuff. Um, But I guess it's a small community school. So it's a little bit different. Yeah. Aside from my English teachers, I didn't really have any like people at school that I wanted to tell things like that to. Yeah. That's, that's such like a, that's such a, a queer neurodivergent thing is like I know. a relationship with your English teacher that is beyond student and teacher. <laughs> I know. I don't know what that is. I like, I don't know what it is, but you're definitely right. I mean, last, yeah, last time I went to Connecticut, I hung out with my uh, seventh grade English teacher and like, we just like chilled and I visited him at the new school that he's working at and talked to his class and stuff. That's so (laughs) cool. Yeah. So, you know, be, be friends with your English teachers and someday when you're 32, you might text them on the regular. Um, Yeah. Life lesson. Absolutely. My it goes there moment was definitely when um, Emma goes to Snake and is accusing him of nepotism, more or less. And he is just the best. And it's just like, I wasn't the only one who thought so. Here are the judging sheets. Like, here's the proof that you did great. And he explains he explains it to her like an adult. Like he's he doesn't get up. He doesn't like he gets upset. He gets frustrated with her. But I think what he's frustrated about is that she can't see the merit of her own work and she's clouded by the situation and that is making it seem like um, like this this win that she should be focusing on. She's instead focusing on Spike and Snake's relationship. And I think that's why he gets upset with her. And I, I really appreciated that. I was like, yeah, good parent-child uh, like relationships and developing the the step-parent step-child sort of relationship I dig dig it yeah that was a really good moment too because you're right like he doesn't get he doesn't get mad and he doesn't like go down to her level of also just like yelling for no reason like he's just like like you said earlier like why can't you see how great you are (laughs) I love that (sighs) I All right, my dudes. Snake. I just love him. I love that man. I mean, he's pretty good. <laughs> if he were an English teacher, he'd be perfect. <laughs> he's like I could see I could see him teaching English. He just he's just a tech nerd. Yep. <laughs> um what did, what did you guys think about the ending of this episode when Emma and Snake are awkwardly Giving each other nicknames. I've never liked Emilada. It always yeah. bugs me. That fucking sticks in my head so much. And me too. I, it bothers the shit out of me. <laughs> and I, I don't even know why it bothers me so much, but it does. Because it's not a real name and it's not a real nickname. It's not a real anything. He's just making noises. <laughs> he is. He's just making noises. And like she <laughs> is actually coming up with like hilarious nicknames and he's just like <laughs> 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 
uh it's like you know how like you can get stuff stuck in your head but it's not necessarily a tune it's just like yes. something that just keeps him saying emalada goes over and over in my head for like forever it's just it's just there now <laughs> it's part of my my mental soundtrack and there is just no undoing it and uh honestly me too uh you know the movie the santa claus with tim allen yes mm-hmm. He goes, at one point, he goes, Papa Jesus. Oh, yeah. I never can get that out of my head <laughs> as long as I live. Oh, oh my Yeah, I totally know exactly what you're talking about. Me too. Papa uh, Right wing douchebag, Tim Allen. I know. Fuck that Is guy. he really? Oh, oh God, God. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. So so many character actors from our childhood are just trash now. Like, um, I was just watching a, a video series about, like, um, uh, like, portrayals of Hades in mass media, like, over the centuries or whatever. Mm-hmm. And she talks a lot about um, James Woods playing Hades in the Disney. And James Woods also... Uh, trash. Trash. Gar- trash. Garbage human. Um... And so I was just thinking about that. And I'm like, man, Tim Allen sucks. James Woods sucks. <laughs> There's just. We can't so disappointing. Anybody. I'm just waiting for Tom Hanks to like secretly be a murderer. You bite your tongue. <laughs> there is nothing wrong with Woody and there never will be. Okay. I'm going <laughs> to. I'm going to hope that that's true forever. I'm going to hope so, too, because I'll probably just be destroyed. Yeah, me too. (sighs) All right, right, folks, you got anything else for today? No, I don't. I'm glad I got to complain about Emilata and that you guys agree with me. I completely agree. (laughs) Excellent. Well, this is a good episode. Next next week's episode is Drive. And so... (gasps) Joey's back. Joey's back. We get we get a very Craig centric and Marco centric episode. Yes, Marco finally. So get ready for that, friends. I can't wait. Hell <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have a lot of. We're gonna have to have an entire um, segment of just Elisa complaining about Joey. Yeah. Yes. I'm sure they would love that. We have they haven't been able to complain about Joey for several episodes. Yeah. <laughs> need it. I need it. <laughs> Perfect. All right, uh, dudes. Well, follow us at Social Disease Pod if you haven't already. On Instagram and Facebook, I guess. I don't really do anything on the Facebook page at all, but like it exists. But the Instagram posts have Fun little pictures that yes. are arguably funnier than the actual podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the pictures are so great. They're so I don't fun. know if I'd give me that much credit, but I would. <laughs> yes. I appreciate it. <laughs> I love you guys. Oh, we love, love you. you. <sighs> yeah. So we'll see all, all 17 of you. Next week. And all 17 of you better show up because we're taking roll. Yeah.
And if you do listen, if you are one of those 17 people and you do listen, feel free to like comment on an Instagram post or send us a message or something and let us know that you're listening. Because, you know, I don't know. We like to know you're out there. It does, yeah. it does occasionally feel a little bit like screaming into the void. So, yeah, if we could, you know, know that you're there, that would be cool. That'd be great. All right. Well, talk to you later. (laughs) Bye. Bye.